when we talk about drug investigations, the first thing that I'm looking for is where's the information coming from? Is it an anonymous tip? Is it source information? Is it something that an actual detective or an officer witnessed him or herself? Is the tip coming in from patrol officers, from street cops? That information can be anywhere from, hey, I just uh, just locked up a guy, he had 100 grams of cocaine on him, or, hey, I just stopped a car, it looked pretty good, I came up with nothing, you should look into it. That's how I pretty much start my drug investigations, and from there I try my best to start seeing where in the food chain is this target. For instance, if I have this drug investigation and I send in a, an informant to buy drugs, and that informant comes back, I myself look at the drugs and I'm looking at to see what they look like. Is it in powder form? Is it a nice hard rock, whether if it's heroin or cocaine? Uh, how is it packaged? The packaging can tell you a lot. Does it look professionally packaged? Does this look like it's coming from an organization? Or does it look like it's coming from a guy or a girl that's trying to make a couple bucks by reselling things that they are? Those are things I look for in my preparation and the beginning phase of the drug investigation. When we start looking at heroin, packaged heroin in decks, bundles, bricks, and the names of those, uh, of the way it's packaged, it varies depending on region or geographic area. But with that, for the most part, they're sold with certain stamps. Some organizations, some sets, some regions don't use stamps, but for the most part, in my experience, stamps are utilized uh, for the most part. And stamps is just like, for instance, beer. You know, we're all drinking beer, but I prefer Bud Light, where others prefer Corona, or someone prefers a Heineken. It's all beer, but we all have our different tastes. Same thing with these bundles and decks and bricks of heroin. You, know, you have the clients that are looking for a specific stamp or something that they heard is quote-unquote fire. They're looking for a specific stamp, and organizations hear this, hey, the hot or the fire stamp is blue magic, let's just say. We'll have organizations that'll replicate that because that's what everybody's looking for. People are always asking, the drugs that you seize, are they pure? Or, hey, I just had a seizure. Do you think it's pure cocaine or pure heroin? For the most part, if you are in the United States and you are seizing large quantities of cocaine and heroin, more than likely, the drugs that you have seized has been cut. Because at the end of the day, no matter where you're at, by the time it's reached your hands in a seizure, someone has tried in some shape, way, or form to make some money. And the only way to truly make money is to cut it. It could be mannitol, it could be inositol, it could be protein powder, really anything. It could be baking soda. You're using these cutting agents essentially to make more money, You're stretching it to the point that you can sell more. At the end of the day, the goal is to make more money. So for the most part, to answer the question, the drugs are usually not pure. In my investigations, when I'm using an informant, I'll debrief the informant. If he or she says, I have an organization that is huge and it's you know, the next Steena Lowell Cartel organization, the first thing I will have them do is to do a controlled buy. In that controlled buy, once they come back, the things I'm looking for is the prices. Or what are the prices that these organizations or this set or this region, what are they putting those prices at? How much is it a gram? How much is it a bundle? How much is it a brick of heroin, a gram of coke, a pound of crystal meth? Prices 
tell me what type of organization it is. The packaging tells me what kind of organization it is. And the actual drug in of itself, is it a powder form? Is it rocked up? When you put all these things together, it'll tell me what the organization or what level that organization is at. For all those that are riding patrol, street cops, interdiction, really in any capacity in law enforcement, when you make an arrest for any type of narcotic, you should be looking at your seizure. Your seizures are telling you a story. You obviously want to find out where it came from, where it's going. Is the seizure for a client? Did you arrest someone that was about to ingest that narcotic? Or is that narcotic being transported for someone else? So when you get these seizures, look at them. Again, going through it, how is it packaged? Is there money in the vehicle? How much money? The actual narcotic, what does it look like? Is it in powder form? Is it rocked up? Is it a hard rock-like substance? Does it appear that it was broken off of a kilo? Because at the end of the day, that's what we're looking for. You're looking for that kilo. You're looking for the source supply. When those drugs are being shipped into the United States, they're usually coming in kilo form, depending on what drug we're talking about. But for the most part, in kilograms, which is in a hard rock-like substance. So when you're making these seizures and you see a hard rock-like substance, you should start thinking, okay, do I need to call someone to take a look at this? Is there a way that this job, this seizure, can it keep going forward? Can I call county resources? Can I call state resources? Can I call federal resources to move this job along? I've been asked, when you talk about prices, what's a fair price? Narcotic officers, narc, street cops, patrol, need to understand that while yes, that color green does mean a lot when it comes to narcotics, if you have enough of it, you can pretty much get anything that you want. However, in your mid-level and sometimes upper level, race matters. The color of your skin matters. Okay, I'm not here to be politically correct. I will tell you that depending on, if you're trying to buy drugs in the inner city, depending on the color of your skin, you may get a better price or a higher price. That can also determine what kind of informant do you use? Do you use a minority informant or undercover informant or undercover officer? Are you gonna use a Hispanic, an African-American, white? Understand that the organizations are also either color of the skin or race is, is a major factor. You're trying to infiltrate the let's just say the mob you may not be able to use a minority officer and undercover you may have to use a white guy an italian and, and that's just the truth the truth of it if you're trying to if you only have a certain amount of money for the purchase of narcotics maybe you can't send a white guy if you have the luxury of having a diverse pool of undercover officers and you're going to go be buying in the city maybe you'll use the minority undercover officer that's just the truth those are the facts. That's the world that we live in when it comes to narcotics. Your skin color, along with race, depending on what level of organization you're dealing with, it matters. In my class, most of the material is sensitive. Because of the sensitive nature of the material, we can't publicize it. But what I will tell you is that in my class, I will provide you the tools to take seizures from motor vehicle stops and how to push that seizure so you can build on that to an investigation, whether if it's on your own or giving it to other resources that have the means of doing it. And it's not just pushing it forward when it comes to the motor vehicle stop. I'll be able to go over tools and provide you tools that help narcotic officers, current narcotic officers, street cops, trying to do surveillance on targets. We have the means of being able to surveil individuals without having to be next to them or right behind them, following them around. I go over these tools, not only do I show you them, but I go over them and I have videos on how I've utilized these tools to combat counter surveillance techniques and to also dismantle the organizations. 
going back to evaluating investigations, drug investigations, one of the things that I look at is, do I want to use an informant for the job? Do I want to use an undercover for the job? Is the informant a confidential informant or can I use a cooperative witness? The times that I want to use an undercover is for those targets or for those investigations that everybody looks at and says, this guy is definitely going to go to trial or this guy is going to fight it. Or we've been trying so hard to get this person that everything needs to be perfect when it comes to evidence. And when it comes to evidence, there's no better evidence than an undercover. You have a sworn law enforcement officer. Usually you'll have audio and visual. You'll have audio and video on your cases. That's when I prefer to use an undercover, when that is what's needed. If I can get the job done with an informant and not put an undercover at risk, I will use the informant. When the job is big enough where I can't rely on the informant and I need things to be perfect and I need an investigative mind to know when you're on the set how to push the job forward, those times call for an undercover. When you're on these motor vehicle stops and you think you have something good, something big, we have resources at our fingertips and it takes a quick five minutes. Whether if you're calling your county counterparts or your feds or state to run a quick check on an individual or utilizing FinCEN or an EPIC check. EPIC, the El Paso Intelligence Center, is an easy way to see who's looking at your target, to see if your target's been ran before, where has he been, where he or she has been in the country, crossing checks, border checks, when did he fly out, when did he fly into the country, and it's an easy way to see that roadside on a motor vehicle stop. It could take you, again, five minutes. It's about going the extra step to dig, to be truly motivated to dismantle these drug trafficking organizations. If you're working undercover, you have to have these reasons. These reasons why you cannot live this life 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have to have these reasons in your mind, in your pocket, in your back pocket, as to why you can't sit there and party until four o'clock in the morning, or why you can't hang around on a Saturday all day at a, at a local barbecue. You have to have reasons. And while I won't divulge my reasons, I go over these reasons that we can all use in my class, but understand that we cannot live this life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, like these criminals do. Obviously we have boundaries, but the true undercover has to have their reasons why they cannot engage in these criminal acts.